0: welcome 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 to the subhub podcast i'm danny moreno and today we sadly do not have mk sullivan she is at her training camp for craft and um yeah ultimate first we decided that i was going to do my race recap within an ep- the episode that's coming out the same week um, which included a sky running preview and a conversation with my coach. Um, but that episode was already pretty long. And admittedly, I kind of wanted to try something new. Um, so, this is part of the Trail Tales uh, segment where normally we just talk about, you know, our race recaps or other topics that are kind of top of mind. <laughs> Um, But today I'm going to uh, do a recap and kind of just like provide you with an in-depth perspective of my approach to the Ventura Half Marathon. Um, Because yeah, personally, I find that stuff pretty interesting. And the more I was thinking about it, there's not that many podcasts where it's just the athlete talking Um, usually they're getting interviewed about their instance. Um, so yeah, this is more of just like a free form and we'll see how it goes. See if y'all like it. And yeah, just to me, it's important. Like the sub hub is us as a team. Um, but what makes us a great team is that we each bring something to the table as individuals. And in my opinion, the better, you know us as individuals, you may better understand the subhub. Um, so yeah, pretty excited. Honestly, this feels like I am doing one of those captain logs or, uh, like a journal entry. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited about this. And also was because, uh, on my run today, I was thinking about this race and it's probably, there's a, There's a lot more that meets the eye, Um, not only for this race, but I think myself as an athlete, maybe you follow me on Instagram and kind of see there, Um, but I'm very methodical and I thought it'd be interesting to kind of be a little bit more open about that, my personal approach to the sport and why I choose to do certain things. And um yeah, so we will get into it. I don't need to explain it, I will just do it. <laughs> um okay, so first things first, the race that I ran this past Sunday on February 25th was the Ventura Half Marathon. And I actually did this race last year and I PR'd. I ran 11250. Um, I don't think I ever put that race live on Strava. I go through different Strava moods. Um, If you follow me on Strava, you probably notice that as well. It's a plethora of reasons, but one main reason that I, wait, one reason that I don't do it. It's like a double negative, but I honestly don't care if people know my training. I am an open book. Anyone who mostly talks to me in person, if you ask me what my training is, I share it. Um, Sorry, this is a side tangent about Strava. But sometimes I feel that, you know, between social media and then now the podcast, it's just a lot of me out there. Um, And I know it's self-induced. I know that I share on social media. That's my choice, et cetera, et cetera. But something about Strava being like so of the moment, knowing exactly where I am all the time, is super next level to me, (laughs) um, at points. And so sometimes I need to take a break from that because with Instagram, it's almost like I get to choose to share what I want to share and give you little doses. Um, I'm pretty open on there, but to be honest, there's still a lot of very personal things that I leave off of there. Um, like family stuff, et cetera, just because, um, I have that Liberty, I have that freedom. Right. And so with Strava, at times I, it kind of hits me that people know exactly where I'm at on a day. Um, and so that's why I personally take breaks at time right now. I am not on a break. I'm feeling, uh, at ease and in a good place, but yeah, if you ever want to know my training, just ask me, honestly, there's no secret sauce at all. Um, and we'll get into that. Okay. Sorry. Side tangent is officially over. Uh, okay. So the Ventura half marathon ran it this Sunday. It's a really cool course. You start kind of near Ojai if you've ever been in like the Carpinteria, Oxnard, Ventura area. Ojai is just inland um, and you run down to the coast uh, to Ventura. It is a net downhill course. Um, the race that I did a couple weeks ago is also net downhill is Mesa Half Marathon. They are completely different races. Mesa Half Marathon was, uh, it had a more subtle downhill, but it had elongated uphills as well. And there was one section where there was two miles where you were going really downhill and then you hit the steepest part downhill the entire course. Um, that race was also very cold. And if you heard our other podcast, that start again, I don't mean to like throw that race under the bus, but that start I just felt was very unkind to everyone who had paid money for that race. Um, otherwise, that race was pristine in all its things, and honestly, I, I would be happy to go back and, and race it again. Um, and that course also had very like straightaways, so you were going straight for some miles, then you would take a big left, and you take a big right, etc., and um, a much bigger. Seen ish. This race was actually huge. Whereas Ventura, it's also net downhill, but you're constantly like hitting these little rollers. It's probably start, hard to see on the profile, but you're hitting these rollers the entire time, and you're on this bike path, so you're constantly curving, like you're never quite going straight. So in that case, I do think it is a tough course ish, right? Like I'm not gonna shut my eye against the fact that it is a net downhill but you can't ever not be thinking i even missed a turn at some point and it didn't add on because i just ended up i was running tangent to the bike path but the turns are so sharp that the men that i was running with in this group they were like come over here and i had to run across the grass to get back on the race course or else i would have missed the next turn um and there's also the last four miles there's these stubbornly annoying, like little canal dips. Um, anyone that's run in a more populous area may have experienced these. So they're not smooth. You're kind of just like doing these little dips the whole time when you're most tired. Um, so yes, that's the course, beautiful course. They set us out in waves because it's a bike path race. So that's also really nice. It's not like a mass start. Um, and then Ventura is just pop. And For me, I lived in Santa Barbara before Mammoth Lakes. And for me, it feels like going home. I had lots of friends. My mom ran it. My husband ran it. My sister-in-law ran it. Many, many friends ran it. Um, so for that, it's like a huge plus for me. And now that I've done it two years in a row, <laughs> I'm only hesitant because I'm like, I don't know if I could run faster <laughs> than I did this past weekend. Um, my coach has assured me I can, but it's uh, it's just like a really good beginning of the year race, in my opinion. Uh, you most likely are gonna get good weather. It can get a little chilly and potentially rainy, but otherwise, um, it's pretty ideal all around. There's no cash prize, um, but you do you can get a beer at the end, so that's huge, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> depending on who you are. All right, so this course, last year, as I mentioned, this – okay, so for me last year, I chose this race because it was a stepping stone to Boston Marathon, kind of that very typical but very well-sounded approach of, you know, running a shorter distance before you hit the marathon and, you know, running a 15 – between 15 and 25K before a marathon, you could get a really good idea – of what your pacing might be for that marathon. And I chose this race last year because the beginning of Boston is kind of, it's also net down before you hit some hills. And so I just wanted to get an idea of how comfortable or what pace I would be running comfortably for that. Okay. Last year, again, I ran 112.50. I also was training very hard for road racing, like very focused on speed nearly no other type of training. I also was on the treadmill a lot because we had a huge winter in um 2023. Oh my gosh, that's weird to say. In 2023. But I, I really thought I came out of that fit. Um, last year, my average was roughly 530 pace, 32, maybe 532 pace. Yeah. And my, again, you know, same course or whatever, um, my miles one through seven were 535 to 542 pace. And then I picked it up the last three miles. Again, this is 2023. And I went 522, 522, 526. And I remember that moment, like, Back, well, might've been recently replaced, but I used to be able to draw upon that for the, I was able to draw upon that for the rest of the year because I remember how hard that was because, you know, while the course is net downhill, that part, it is not as downhill and you were, it's the hardest winds of the whole course. Like you're winding, like it feels like every 400, you're making a, a curvature and you have those canal dips And I remember feeling as if I were a steeplechaser on the road, um, kind of jumping out of those canal dips. And I was just so happy with how well I picked it up, right? Going from 533 pace roughly, you know, to 522. That's 11 seconds per mile. And I remember it feeling so good and hard at the same time. And then I remember hitting mile 13 Thinking I was not going to be able to make it, and turning onto the road, which that is finally like an uphill when you're finishing, and it's just like it's it's so hard. Um, but I remember seeing 112 on the clock, and almost thinking I could pull over because I'm like I made it, I broke 113. <laughs> Obviously, I finished the race, but I just remember feeling so elated. We have put all this work in. We've been focusing on the roads. And I felt just like I had a big breakthrough. I broke 73. I never thought I could ever do that. Um, but we did it on the day. Okay. Fast forward to this year. <laughs> the goals of my winter this year, having learned from last winter was number one, don't come out of the winter burnt out mentally. Physically, I, it's not so much physically for me. I'm just a very emotionally charged runner um but if i feel mentally burnt out it is really hard for me um and last year i did come out of the winter um very burnt out because just pushing on the treadmill y'all know if you've ever been on the treadmill through winter it's it's a rough one um and not only that i was i was still working and i was probably shoveling 10 to 20 hours a week depending on how big the storms were um, so that was a it was a very rough winter. I was burning the candlestick from all the edges. I was basically one of those like melting candles you get from like Yankee candle and you put it in the top of a glass thing, like just burning the whole sucker up because that was Danny Marina winter 2022, 23. Um, so yeah, that was our number one goal for this winter. The other thing was, I guess to coincide with that was like not being. Like getting mileage in, but being more focused on quick, shorter workouts. Um, not so much grinding a lot just because the days are shorter. Um, we did mainly singles until I started incorporating cross-training. And then I took this time to really do some testing with our local uh her name's Melissa Alonzo and she owns Mammoth Physio. So do a lot of like imbalance testing to really nail down what I needed to focus on this year. And um, I'm not working in tech anymore. So I had more freedom of when and where I got to train. So living in Mammoth, we do have the huge benefit of being able to drive down to Bishop. It is like, if you go to Round Valley, it's 30-ish minutes. And then if you go to Bishop proper, it's more like 40, 45 minutes. Um, And I just never had the time to do that during the week last year. And if I did, I had to wake up really early and get it done before work. And that, to me, at times just wasn't worth it. Um, and so this year I I earned that, you know, like through my hard work. I got a contract that allows me to focus solely on running now. And, um, yeah, I earned myself the ability to run, I guess, whatever time of day I want. Um, I had some freedom before, but not – anywhere near to this um and I'm able to sleep more and stuff like that so yeah those those were some big changes and then as far as the approach to the whole year and where this the Ventura half fit in it was kind of just that um my first goal was going to be way too cool and you know I'll just be honest my goal was to I'm going to explain why I'm saying was was to break the course record and to run between 3.30 and 3.35 just to like throw something out there and chase it, Um, which I think roughly, if I remember, it's like between 6.40 and 7 minute pace. And I just wanted to choose a goal that was kind of like scared me, but like, you know, deep down inside, I really thought, you know, if the chips aligned, I could do it. Um, and way too cool is one of the classics I haven't done. It's so weird. I consider myself a 50 K runner, even though I've only done a couple, but, um, if I'm being honest, like I'll toot my horn, like the 50 Ks I have run have all gone pretty well. And I would consider all of them in my top five races ever. I just love the distance, but I haven't done any of the classics. I haven't done way too cool. And I haven't done Chuck nut. Um, which I consider those classics and formidable maybe is up there too, but I I did that one during like a crazy storm year. And um, since it's, I already did it. I don't feel like I need to go back. Um, Okay. So goal's way too cool. So we were thinking it might be fun to do some faster stuff before that. So that that pace felt, my goal pace felt more comfortable, especially for the first Fifteen to thirty miles, because that course has a really runnable first eight miles. Then you kind of like go down, and you're gradually running uphill for another, you know, eight ten miles before you hit the bulk of the climbing in the course. And so for me, and this is where I'm going to provide some insight, I love reading courses. um And to me, the crux of Way Too Cool really is in the last six miles of the race. Like I think you can make up. So much time there, if you're prepared. And I think a lack of preparation, in my opinion, could potentially for an athlete like myself chasing a fast time is if you aren't efficient in those and that downhill running doesn't feel comfortable when, you know, you've been doing winter stuff and suddenly you're trying to run between six and six forty pace for sixteen miles. <laughs> um. And so we chose Mesa half and Ventura half because it would give me that kind of eccentric loading, downhill running speed, being comfortable running those, like a a much faster pace than I'd be running on race day. So that when I got to, you know, the last 10, 12, maybe 15K of way too cool, it would have felt more comfortable for me. Um, But if you saw my Instagram story, sadly, I'm not doing way too cool now because we have a mega storm coming. It's very sad timing, but um, if you're if you live near Mammoth, Reno, Truckee area, etc., there's nothing but headlines that say do not travel anywhere. And I am also going to a team camp soon next weekend, and so for me, it's like I could get up to the race by um, leaving early, um, and I am someone that when I make a goal, I make it under the assumption that I could run this pace regardless of the conditions. Um there's special, special circumstances, but 90% of the time, whatever my goal pace is, no matter what's happening. So Boston last year it was a rainstorming and we were going into headwind. And I had full confidence that I could still run 235. Um, because I that's what I prepared for. Um and so same with Way Two Calls, cool. like I'd heard it it can get rainy and muddy there. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, if I set my sights on 330 to 335, (laughs) excuse me, then even if it's tough weather, maybe you add 10, 12, 15 minutes to that. Um, But for me, it was, yeah, the travel there, yes, but more so the travel getting back and potentially getting stuck before I'm about to leave for four weeks and when you do multiple races in a row, so for example, I just did a half two weeks ago. Then I did another half. Um, you are playing with a razor's edge and there's a time and place for that throughout the season. And for us and way too cool, um, we knew we were going to play, be playing with the razor's edge. And, you know, physically, I feel honestly, I feel fine energy wise. Um, and physically, but there are kind of, you have to assume there's underlying stuff that you can't always see and predict. And so to add travel stress on top of that, um, I just missed getting sick from my husband. To me, it's just like not worth the stress at this point in the season Um, for that race specifically. It might be, that race might be it for somebody else, but it's just not for me because um, my two A goals this year are Zagama and OCC. And so the year is constantly making decisions toward those. Um, I don't think that's straining. I think it can be invigorating and it could provide a lot of clarity when you're making tough decisions like this. Um, and yeah, and I don't want to drive in a blizzard if I didn't already say that. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> that was another side tangent. You can see why I just made this an episode. Let's get into this year's Ventura Half Marathon. So that's why we chose this race. And for me, going into the Mesa Half Marathon, my goal was to run between 525 and 530 pace, hoping to end up somewhere near um, 72 or 112. For the full 21k. But if you heard our other podcasts, there was things that happened. Um, and so I shifted that goal to this race. But there's a caveat. Between Mesa Half and this race, I didn't know speed work at all. I didn't, I lie. I did strides, but that's all. And my strides at altitude. Now they're starting to show up on Strava because I'm like in a sharing mood right now (laughs) on Strava. I don't, like some days they're fast and that feels really nice, but more times than not, they're for my mental side, just knowing that I can move my legs and buckle up my form when I start to get tired and lazy, um, because I do have some form inefficiencies that I am constantly trying to improve, um, And yeah, so I just did strides and we did four long runs over eight days, which for me was really fun in the moment. (laughs) But then as I was approaching three, four days from Ventura, because I even did a a long run on the Tuesday of the half marathon race. So Tuesday, then we went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So four days in between, which I feel I recover pretty well between big sessions. Um, But I still didn't do any speed except some like very, very short. I think I did four by 30 second pickups two nights before the race when I got there. Um, so needless to say this witching hour, which is what I kind of, I forget where I heard that, but I've taken it and ran with it. Um, the witching hour before this race was especially interesting because I got in my head that I hadn't run fast in a bit. Um, and my coach kept um reassuring me that the goal pace was between 525 and 530 um i did have pacers and so he told me that the pacers were told to go 525 to 530 and that i was going to run whatever that is like between 11130 and 112 i think um and Oh man, sorry guys. This is my first time. There was one last thing I wanted to go before I really dive dive deep into the race. That was my training. (laughs) Okay, so I'll go over this pretty quick. So with my training, my coach's, one of his leading philosophies is like consistently good over occasionally great. And for us, the workouts that really stood out to me, I'll kind of put dates on it. And I think I made all these public on Strava Um, and is, um, I guess, hmm, how should I say this? It's rare to me, okay, it's more regular to me that maybe once a month I have a good workout or a great workout, I should say. And within that month, I would say a majority are good. And then I usually have one or two where I'm just way off for one reason or another and so for me again uh, occasionally great consistently good I would say I had like four really really good borderline great workouts and my definition of great probably doesn't always fall in the line of the splits themselves but for me great is what is the context of the workout? Like, was it a mental breakthrough? Did I have one day recovery between? Um, Was I running into the wind? So again, like Strava, if you're reading like my training and stuff, to me, context is so, so important, not just for me, but for any athlete. So my great workouts, sorry, before I really dive into the step-by-step of the race recap, really stringing you along now. Um, December 9th, this was a fun day because we had this like locals hill race um, called the Tungsten Cup. So I did that. I got lost within, I took a wrong turn within like the first 400 meters. So um, it turned it was, it was very fun uh, all around. So it was a hard uphill effort. Then I ran downhill and then I switched into road shoes. So it's like, to me, sometimes like having a longer break in between interval sessions is actually a huge disadvantage because your body is starting to slow down already and the lactic is starting to build. Um, so this was a pretty long lull. But then I went and put my road shoes on and then I did a 30-minute tempo and I think I I didn't do quite the math, but I pretty much averaged like 613 pace. And I remember it was windy and it was kind of like an up, up a road. I was on some rolling dirt. I turned around and then I ran downhill and then had to slide uphill at the end. And I just remember feeling so strong. So for me, having just started running again, like consistently with workouts and to like I didn't feel fast, but I remember just feeling strong. And it was one of the days where the wind ceases to exist. Um, those to me are good days or great days. Um, so yeah, December 9th, feel free to check that out on my Strava if you want. we will go in order. We'll go December 29th. This one, I'm sorry, this is private and I probably won't make public. Um, I don't know why. I'm just being weird about it. <laughs> but December 29th. This to me was a great workout. I think in the moment I knew it was good, but I didn't realize how good it was until like a month later when I tried to do it again and I did horrible. Um, So this workout was pretty interesting to me because I had been home with family for Christmas. And I'd had a couple of good workouts. I think I did like a three k, one k, three k, one k, three k with the one k speed floats on a bike path in um, Apple Valley. And so the weather was nice, you know, considerably coming from winter, etc. I hit all my paces. It was a little bit tough, but like I remember getting it done, you know, checking the checking that box. And we were driving home, and my friend Karina, who's on the Mammoth Track Club, it's the track club up here. I asked her what she was doing and she's like, oh, by the way, we're doing a 5k time trial on Friday. And this was Wednesday and we were driving back and I was like, huh, maybe I should just do that to see where I'm at. Um, So I texted my coach, asked him and he was all game for it. So it was a 5k time trial in Round Valley, which is roughly 4,600 feet. And so I only had one day's rest and this was my third workout within a seven-day span, Um, my coach and I, my weeks start on Sunday, which is also pretty funny to me um, because Strava goes Monday to Sunday. Uh, So we go Sunday to Saturday for my weekly mileage. And so for this 5k, I ended up running 1634, I believe, at 4,600 feet. And we went out because I was just running with Karina and there was this other girl there. I forget what her name was. She was just visiting for the week, but she was also like someone who had been to the world championships for the 1500. They're both freaking fast women. They're like 4 lows. And um, we went out at five minute pace and I remember looking at my watch and knowing immediately what was probably going to happen, but I just kept rolling with, it. I was like, well, it's too late now. We already went out. So I went five minutes, 519, 548, um, or 545, sorry. Um, and so yeah, whatever that ended up being, but then we finished and then we did eight by 400. And again, these women are freaking fast and I felt so slow running with them. Um, but I just kept at it and each one of my 400s. This is all on road, by the way, um, was, 74 and 75, so 114, 115 with 90 seconds rest. So this was after a 5K time trial. And that was like the 5K time trial again, like I waited a bit or it was a little bit before I'd actually sunk in that like, that's a pretty good time. That was my, that would have timed my PR in college almost. Um, But the 400s I was especially proud of because running 74 and 75 on the road historically has been very hard for me. And the fact that these women were running like, I think they got down to like 69. So I was basically running by myself after 100 meters and I was mentally still getting after it and holding my pace. That was a big win for me. So that's great workout number two. So that was two in December. Again, like I said, I I err probably on the side that I get one really great workout a month. The last workout And this was definitely the biggest confidence booster. It was on January 27th. Um, I called it BC boys for black Canyon boys because I warmed up with Tim and Rod. Um, I also was becoming a big fan of four mile warmups during this. Um, So maybe that's a hot take. I just have really started loving four mile warmups. Um, So I did, again, the 3K, 1K, 3K, 1K, 3K workout, and I ran the same, basically the same paces as I did at 2,000 feet the previous month. Yeah. Yeah, this to me is honestly probably one of my best workouts ever at altitude. I did it alone. I did do it on the track, but I would switch directions every interval pretty much. Um, but yeah, I was just doing it by myself. And the three K's, I think the first one was at 540 pace, and then the last two are 530 pace, and then the K's were at 625 to 627 pace. Again, this is minutes per mile. Um, so to me, like the paces, yes, were a huge confidence boost, but it was more so that I was so engaged the whole time by myself. This to me was probably the most mental boost of the entire block um in addition to the 8 by 400 after the 5k so yeah those are the wins the losses honestly um i got sick for a bit before i i was supposed to do a time trial down in santa barbara for a 10k now looking back that probably was for the better to be honest um because it was almost like a I didn't have anything to go off of at Ventura, so I kind of just went for it, which we're about to get into. Um, And just less mileage. Like, I I don't want to say that's a loss because that was a goal. Uh, But when it came to the witching hour, it was something I was very uh, self-conscious about was I didn't put as many miles as I did last year. How am I going to run faster? And it's one of those things like, well, what would you tell someone else? It's like, well, if I... other Danny, (laughs) or if I was able to talk myself, it's like, yeah, your mileage wasn't there, but your volume still was time-wise. I was cross-training. And we know the purpose of this block. This block was a transition block. It wasn't like a, a big move the needle as far as volume block. It was move the needle as far as speed. And my coach does a really good job of always telling me like, it's not just this block, it's the previous blocks. But it's also how this block leads into the next blocks. And so, you know, as far as the intention of this training cycle in the big picture of things, like we pretty much checked all the boxes. We even did a weird eight day, four, eight day week where four days were long runs, you know, with rest days in between. Um, so, yeah, it was really just. Um, being, being ready to go. And <laughs> I wish I had remembered all of this. Um, but that's the purpose of a race recap is you get to go back and it's like in my race result, I was really surprised. But now looking back at this work, as I was writing it down for this episode, I was like, huh, maybe that's why my coach wasn't surprised when I asked him if he knew I was going to run that. Um, Okay. I feel like we've touched on some good things. So you know that I ran this race last year. You kind of know what what its intent and purpose was for why I included it this year versus last year. And just some insight into my training. The last thing I'll say is my mileage was roughly 50 to 65 miles a week. Aside from the 180 80 mile week, I think, um, with those long runs. But besides that, pretty much like, yeah 50 to 65 miles a week all right race day the gun goes off and it's kind of just all right let's go for it and the pacers that I was running with um admittedly they went out a little hot so I was behind but one of them noticed I was behind and uh I was just you know saying like too hot too hot like fine pace fine pace um But what's also really fun is that there was other men in the race that immediately realized what was happening and that these guys were going to try and hold pace with me or help me set the pace. And so they joined us and we ended up having like, I forget what's in that video, but that was a big bulk of them, maybe six or seven people in a group, myself included, all men, maybe six or seven men. And we start clicking off. We go 527, 533. I remember that because the first mile, I got a little nervous and I thought we were going too fast because in my head, I wanted to hold my range was 525 to 530. And in my head, I wanted to hold 530s for the first 5K or 10K. I'm so glad that didn't end up happening. But the first mile was like, I purposely slowed down and I created a little bit of a gap because I wanted to show them that I wasn't ready to go that fast. But then the third mile, we went back to 522 um and then we went to 529 so those first couple miles were kind of like a little push and pull trying to find the pace um and then and then we found it we went 524 526 524 526 I mean that is so smooth um and I remember going through the first 5k and thinking okay this feels this doesn't feel completely comfortable but it doesn't feel out of my wheelhouse But I also know the half marathon be like that in that you do feel that you're like on this weird line of like, you're not tempoing, but it is a weird line that you're trying to play with. Like you almost feel like you're constantly pushing, but not pushing to the extent of a 10K or 5K. Um, So my nutrition was that I ate 40 grams of carbs about 10 to 15 minutes before the race. And then at the 5K, so that was not even 20 minutes in, I took in 30 more carbs. And then at the 10K, I took in 30 more carbs. And um, I had some caffeine in there too. So as we're approaching the 10K, yep, now I remember this. I remember looking at my watch and trying to do the math really quick. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, we're on pace. We're on pace. We're literally exactly on pace. Cause you know, in the moment you're, you have all these like short seconds and you, you you shouldn't be adding those. You shouldn't be wasting your time, but it's a bit easier to look at the 10 K double it and then add roughly what a K is or whatever. Um, And so I remember looking down and also laughing because I was like, I just PR'd in the 10 K not knowing what was about to happen. So at like four or five miles, about three gentlemen broke away from us. And um, I think potentially one of the guys I was helping me pace was getting a little antsy and like uh, wanted to go and chase them. And he graciously <laughs> was still facing me. Um, so he let them go, but I did note that in my head. I was kind of saying to myself, they're going too early. I know this feels really good, but it's supposed to feel good, regardless of course, like 10k through a half marathon, the halfway point of any race, regardless of what it is, should feel pretty good. Um, It's after the halfway point that things like, to me, the race really starts. And so I told my pacers, uh, Seth, Sander, and Scott, hey, if I'm feeling this good at eight miles, maybe we make a move or like, let's make a move. Otherwise, let's wait till 10. And so after the 10K, we ended up, again, hitting pace 524, 526, roughly 525 average. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I feel good, but I also feel this race. So let's just inch our way down, but we can start picking it up gradually. Um, my miles in my head get kind of mixed up. I don't know if this happens to anyone else when I'm racing. And so I'm like, when it hits mile eight, it actually means you're on mile nine. But sometimes I start thinking I'm going into mile eight. (laughs) Um, so regardless, it hits mile eight. And I think that's why naturally I just started picking it up, thinking we were already entering mile nine about to hit mile 10. And the guys realized that I was picking it up. So they started inching in front of me. So then our next mile was 521. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, now we pick it up, even though we had already started picking it up. And um, it's kind of on Strava versus Final Surge. It's really interesting because we use Final Surge. That's like a training platform. And at one point in there, it said I had a 513 mile, whatever, Masa Menos. But um we went 521, then we went 518, 517, 515. Uh, So I'm borderline like pr uh, PRing in my 5K in this race. And I remember looking down at my watch between miles 11 and 12. And again, this part is just so windy that it really starts to mess with your head. I... It may sound like I'm being overdramatic, but when you're trying to run fast, it really starts to get in your head when you're starting to make these turns and there's dips and stuff. So you just feel like you're surging constantly. But I remember looking down at my watch and thinking, oh, my gosh, because it was starting to get really, really hard. Like I was going to the well for this part. Um, it wasn't until afterwards that I realized why, because we were running much faster. But I thought I was running 540 pace because I looked down at my watch and I just saw the line of what I thought was a four. And so in my head, I was like, okay, we already were – I was on PR pace. Even if I run 540, I should still PR. So I was like, just hold 540 pace, not realizing how fast we were running um, or how fast, for me, we were running. Uh, So, yeah, 518, 517, 515. We hit 519 and then we finish. I know it says 523 pace, but I didn't stop my watch right on time. And yeah, I just remember turning the corner just like last year and starting to see the clock and seeing that it said 110 and it just was really surreal in the moment. But I it honestly was one of those races, especially mile 12 and 13 where I was in so much pain it was one of those races where you start romanticizing that maybe someone on a bike will just hit me right now maybe I shouldn't say romanticizing but it's like I was pushing so hard that I was like even if I end here people will know I probably PR'd right or I already ran fast enough for the first 10 miles like I probably have a good 10 mile time even if I end here um and then you like quickly are like no you have to actually finish the race for it to count for something regardless of what it is and also at that point i'm like even if i'm dying i'm still going to pr uh, so it's just really funny going through those mechanisms in your head as you're experiencing these waves of intense pain um and yeah so i finished official time was 11046 do i think i could have gone faster I don't know. I don't know if I paced it faster in the beginning if that would have helped because like my last 10K, um, I believe was almost 33 flat. Yeah, it was 3305, my last 10K. And again, that's the last part of the race. So that's where you want to be your at your strongest anyways. Um, yeah. In that 5K that I'm talking about, I ran 1622 and my PR is technically 1617. So I was basically PRing and everything all my distances. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say. I honestly don't know. It'll be interesting. Maybe next year I'll try going out faster. Um but yeah, immediately I finished, and I felt like I was gonna throw up. There's a wonderful photo on my Instagram reel that shows this. And I kind of just was letting it sink in. I hugged the guys that were pacing me. And I immediately, I saw my coach and I just, I was surprised. Again, I shouldn't have been surprised, but this is what I was in the moment. Um, I remember asking him, like, did you know that was going to happen? Because Terry is extremely very good, uh, especially because we've worked together for so long, like predicting my times on things. Even like on trail races now, we're like together, we predict my times pretty well. Honestly, I thought the fastest I could run was a 111.30. I was not expecting for me to be able to pick it up that last 10K that much. I thought at best I would hold the same or maybe pick it up the last two miles. Um, but yeah, it was a great surprise. I'm super happy with it. Um, I definitely consider myself like someone who closes well in trail races, Uh, So this was a big confidence boost in that arena. But also the biggest confidence booster that came from this race is that it was more than a two-minute PR. Like I literally ran 112.50 last year. And it's, yeah, barely two minutes. like basically a two-minute PR on the same course. And so that to me... tells me a lot more like I could have ran 122 to 120 and that would have been a similar confidence booster like when you have that intel that you're that much faster um but to be honest I I honestly didn't think I'd have a 110 at the beginning of my time my half marathon time anytime soon um I guess it was like a deep down goal but yeah Where do we go from here? Um, Now we have two training blocks because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not doing way too cool. And the next block will be a big block focused on Zagama with Canyon's 50K along with the way, which, excuse me, I'm really excited about that one now because I didn't get to, or I'm not racing way too cool. And I really do enjoy those trails. Um, so that'll be like a stepping stone along the way to Sagama. And then after that, it'll be looking forward to summer racing. Um, but yeah, this gave me, this definitely is, I already said it, it's a huge confidence booster, but I guess like ultimately what I'm trying to say is like something I know and I've learned about myself is that when I'm confident, um, things can go well like very well and um yeah I think this just is another tool sh- sharpened even more in my tool shed um and so I'm excited to see where this takes me this year you know two minutes faster here maybe that's 10 minutes or whatever faster on a course with more duration and distance to cover so yeah yeah all right, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, I am going to wrap this up. This is my first time doing this. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's anything else you would have wanted to hear about a race analysis. I hope this provided some perspective for you um, into my approach to things, etc. And also just showed you that we're all the same. We all get that witching hour before the race. Um, and that it's fun to actually... I don't think you should dwell on training for better or for worse after a race, but it is fun to look back and say, you know what? If you were surprised, like that actually does make sense. Like, pat on the back, back Danny or past Danny. um, I put in the work. And, you know, because I put in that work over, I think it was like an eight or nine week block, like I got a shiny new PR and I'm proud of myself. And I can't wait uh, to finally get on a trail race this year, which sadly is a little delayed now, um, but I'll just be that much hungrier now come Canyons 50k end of April. So don't forget to like, comment, um, whether on YouTube or Instagram. And yeah, thanks for joining us, us or me.